to the Highball TV podcast, The Wide Shot. I'm Alison Broverman, your host, and today we'll be discussing the Canadian Screen Award nominated The Drawer Boy. Joining me in the Highball TV studio are Matt Campania, one of the founders and curators of Highball TV, and Charlene Carroll, who is the owner and founder of Dexterity Fitness and grew up on a farm in the very area of Ontario that the drawer boy is set ish ish ish, <laughs> ish. southern on southwestern Ontario yeah. <laughs> not the very area <laughs> close it's a big province <laughs> uh, guys welcome and thank you for joining me Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we start, I guess I should give a few facts about The Drawer Boy. Uh, the Drawer Boy, uh, the film, is based on a play by Michael Healy, uh, which premiered in 1999. And the movie was uh, adapted by Arturo Perez Torres and directed by Arturo Perez Torres and Aviva Armour Ostroff. Um, it stars Richard Clarkin, uh, Stuart Hughes, and Jacob Amen. And, oh, one important thing about The Drawer Boy. Um, it is available to watch on the Highball TV streaming service. So if you would like to watch it before you listen to us spoil it for you, you should head <laughs> over to highball.tv and subscribe. Um, you can also uh, find their app in the Apple App Store or on Roku. Um, and with all that, now you know all the things you need to know. Now we're going to talk about the movie. Perfect. <laughs> so to start, um, I so Charlene, one of the reasons that I wanted you here is that in addition to growing up on a farm in a sort of a similar landscape as where this movie is set, uh, you and I actually went to theater school together. Yes. And in our very first year of theater school, we went to see the original production of The Drawer Boy mm-hmm. at Theater Pass Marai. Yes. Uh, and it was a very moving and beautiful mm-hmm. play, and I think something that stuck with both of us. Yes. But I think I remember that you especially reacted really <laughs> strongly to it because it reminded you of of home. Yes. Um, how did the how did the movie uh, hold up to that? Oh, for you, very similarly. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing the premiere, and uh, I walked away just feeling this overwhelming uh, nostalgia for sort of both the play and uh, for being back home on the farm. And uh, it most definitely did. If anything, the uh, visual imagery really uh, set the pace and, and took it to a different level. And Matt, um, now, as evidenced by the fact that you can watch this movie on Highball TV, (laughs) uh, Highball TV is uh, the distributor of The Drawer Boy. Uh, As one of the curators of Highball, why why did you choose this movie? Well, it's funny because I didn't know really anything about the history of the play. I haven't seen, I haven't seen The Drawer Boy. I haven't seen The Farm Show. I haven't seen any of this, like, lineage of theater that makes it one of the most popularly produced theater shows in North America, I just saw a cool movie and I was like, oh, that uh, that's the kind of movie that deserves a festival run. That's the kind of film that deserves a theatrical presentation. It deserves worldwide distribution and it deserves uh, an, an awards run. So I basically asked if we could help make that happen. Great. And, and just from your perspective as the 
uh, as one of the distributor, like what has the response been from audiences? Oh, it's been so great. And it's it's amazing because we've got some films on Highball TV that, you know, are a more urban audience that would be into it. We've got other films that are for a more rural audience. And so The Drawer Boy is the reason that we started to also make DVDs. Because <laughs> we love having a streaming service. We think it gives access to film to people all over the world. But it doesn't. There are people who don't have broadband internet access. <laughs> High-speed internet access isn't everywhere. But, you know, everybody, everybody's, like, grandma has a DVD player. Which means... There's like an entry level spot that is simpler and more technologically comfortable for people. So we started making DVDs of the Drawer Boy, and they are selling by the dozen. It's amazing how many people in rural areas are into this, how many libraries are picking it up. Like, it just really warms our hearts to know that this film is doing really well on our streaming service, but is doing so well on like home video physical media collections and that makes me happy that's awesome i know uh charlene you are one of the people who purchased yes. a dvd to take home to your family and watch <laughs> on perhaps your grandma's dvd player yes as soon as i was uh i'd finished watching and i went up to matt and i said is there any way i can get this on dvd because my parents on their farm in southwestern ontario <laughs> do not have high-speed internet <laughs> it will be impossible and and uh, we got it just in time for christmas and we watched it as a family and it was fantastic what did they think of it? What was that like for you to watch it with your family? Uh, it was it was great. It was uh, it's fun because they I think if anything, even in watching the show uh, in the theater here, I found myself. I mean, I usually it doesn't take much to make me laugh for those who know me well, but I found myself really uh, laughing at some of the jokes that the um, uh, without spoiling uh, the film, one of the characters is a farmer who really tries to play tricks on uh, this actor who comes from the big city of Toronto to learn to be an actor. And uh, that sort of playfulness of joking about him having to rotate the crops and things like that, I mean... I was laughing so hard and I think for a second there's that pause with the urban folk where it's like, oh, that's a joke. Yeah, okay, okay, I got it. And then they continue from there. And uh, and so I, my parents included were just howling and really enjoying it. And um, my mother also spoke to how she uh, she said, I can appreciate the suspicion of uh, this concept of an actor just coming to learn about what you do, quote unquote, and, and that sort of a thing. And yeah. they've had a couple of people come to our farm thinking, oh, we're just going to pet the cows and, and, and and uh, uh, well, we can help you out and coming underdressed and, and that sort of thing. So they, they found it. They could connect. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, we actually did not uh, give a synopsis of the of the plot, which I feel like maybe we should. So in addition to being based on a play, the play was actually based on a true story, um, the story of another play called The Farm Show that happened in the 70s. And a bunch of actors from Toronto went out to farms in southwestern uh, Ontario and bothered farmers and lived with them for a while and <laughs> took notes and then created this, this play called The Farm Show. Uh, so the movie is about uh, a young actor named Miles who ends up at a, a farm owned by uh, two men named Angus and Morgan. And... Uh, they kind of begrudgingly invite him in and, and show them their way of life. And it's, uh, well, I mean, I guess they learn from him and he learns from them. And it's <laughs> very much so. It's a perfect sitcom setup, like yeah. everything about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and, it, and it is, it is, as Charlene, you said, like it is very funny. It's also 
very sad. Yes. Uh, and um, for me, having remembered the play and how emotional that was, um, I mean, I was sort of reflexively a little bit snobby and it's like, oh, a, a play, how could you do that in a movie? But this movie adaptation is really beautifully yes. done. And there's a lot in it that I think offers a different perspective than you get from the theater. Agreed. Um, because you really... The cinematography is its simple, but it's very beautiful. And I really loved how the farmland was filmed. And you just, you really get a sense of of the land mm-hmm. and the countryside. Mm-hmm. And it's, and also, I mean, that also emphasizes the isolation of Angus and Morgan, yes. who are two men who, who carry between them um, an enormous legacy of, of trauma. And I think the fact that the film takes place in the 70s and yet it's you know shot with modern actors it's a very it's a period piece made in the the late 20 teens and so they filmed it using digital technology but doing something that you can only really do in an independent film they ran it through a tobacco filter on the lens and that makes the whole thing have this beautiful feeling that you know if you're going to make a studio picture they don't love when you bake things like that in but a truly independent film that's not relying on any funding agencies that are interested in this business or that business it's a beautiful piece of art that these artists sat down to make. And so it's supported by arts councils. And and they were willing to go with their beautiful idea of how this film would look. And that tobacco filter gives it such a, it, such a feeling of the time and the place. And it's just gorgeously shot. And to follow with your point, Allison, in terms of... Um you know, the skepticism of how is this going to hold up to that beautiful 99 production? Um, There's a lot of uh, scenes that are interpreted in the film in terms of the backstory of the characters that obviously in the play are not represented as a three-man show, and uh, which were very, very well done and and just brought a new dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The one that I think of the most, um, so to give a little bit more context for the plot, so... um, Angus and Morgan were in the war together, and um, uh, during the war, Angus had uh, an accident that caused him significant brain damage, and he has no short-term memory, and Morgan really feels like he has to take care of him. Um, so there's there's a scene later in the, in the story where um, Morgan and Angus are invited to go see a, a presentation of this show that Miles, the actor, is working on, and, and what Miles has has done for his character, he's really taken some of the stories that that Angus has been telling him and has has adopted his character, and and so there's this very, which and this is a scene that is not seen in in the stage play. Uh, they just come back and talk about it, but in the movie, they have the ability to actually show. Uh, rather than just tell. Uh, and it's wonderful um, because you see Stuart Hughes, who plays Angus, his face as he's watching this other actor portray him. And this, you know, he's sort of this simple character with memory problems, but the way that, that Stuart Hughes acts it is, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. It's just a close-up on his face as he, this beautiful sense of recognition that dawns across his face, and it really um, sort of emphasizes the role that that art and um, also just seeing yourself represented in art 
can have on on healing. Oh, the performances are gorgeous in this. Richard and Stuart both have been nominated and have won awards for these in two incredible performances in this mm -hmm. film. And it's uh, it's really exciting to get to see that this film that, you know, is easy to do a, a festival run and then disappear. It's really wonderful to see this being shared in these rural communities. It's on the Toronto International Film uh, Festival's film circuit. And so it's going into these cool rural communities that it is very hard to just go on a on like a road show <laughs> for an independent film like this. But the film circuit is, is able to help us bring this into these into these rural communities and these smaller cities. And it's it's wonderful to watch these heartbreaking performances just wash over people. Yeah, the, and, and to go from from there, like their performances are really beautiful and it's and what the film does, it's a, a really beautiful portrayal um, of male vulnerability in a way that I think is rarely seen in mainstream media. Mm -hmm. um, especially for these sort of, you know, they're kind of like old school stoic farmer types. Uh, and it's it's incredibly beautiful to to sort of see to see that vulnerability in their characters. Mm -hmm. And just even um, the the caretaking role that happens amongst them, mm -hmm. you know, with two uh, male characters in a, a small town, I think is really beautiful, rare and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, how did that resonate with your family? Like when, because when, I know you're... I can cut this out if you want me to, but I know you're, you're, your dad's sort of a, a strong, silent, stoic <laughs> farmer type. I'm really curious to hear what uh, yeah. Mr. Carroll yes. thought. <laughs> no, he very much enjoyed it and uh, and thought that, uh, I mean, particularly appreciated the the scenes of humor that were showing mm -hmm. the sort of juxtaposition between the, the characters. Um, and, and, I, and I think was moved by uh, by the scenes of, of uh, as you say, vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, between the characters. Um, and uh, yeah, there is definitely having grown up in that area, vulnerability is not something that you are sort of encouraged to show or, or that is rather embraced and welcomed. And, uh, so I think that in the film, it was almost shown even more. There were, without giving any spoilers, there were a couple scenes where you truly saw, uh, the one character taking care of the other, and it was just a new um, opportunity that the film provided to really see that relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, a representation of a. I mean, it is a, a heterosexual friendship, but but these men, due to their life circumstances, are very much life partners, and the the level of of care and love in their friendship is is really something to behold. Yeah, there's really beautiful character development in this because you get the feeling that these characters have been in this dance together for decades. And then when this actor shows up to unearth and really dig up what's been going on in this, in this very consistent, repetitive relationship between these two very interdependent men, it's amazing the way these characters then finally are able to take a new step forward and it's because of the the catalyst really of this actor who wanders in literally off the street mm -hmm. to uh, ask them about being a farmer and then it really cuts to the core of what being a person is yeah. it's beautiful development I agree um charlene i see that you have a 
long page of, of notes. <laughs> and I also know, just because you mentioned it before, um, and don't feel pressure if you don't want to, yeah. but uh, I know you, you wrote an essay about the play <laughs> back in our university years. Um, I would be very curious to know what 19-year-old Charlene Carroll oh, thought about the gosh. drawer boy at Theatre Pass Mariah. <laughs> Well, first I have to give credit to my friend who helped me find this on WordPerfect back in 1999. Um, But yes, I I did find my essay that I wrote for first year theater class at York University. And um, yeah, I can... um, find it and and, uh, (laughs) share some notes from it, I guess. Um, And in doing so, I'll also share um, my, uh, I was asking my parents, yeah, can you, you know, I'm doing this podcast, do you guys have any feedback in terms of what you thought about uh, the film? And I remember my my dad saying, um, well, at first I thought that the machinery was um, too um, uh, antique, too old for the film. But then because it was set in the 70s and then we reminded him that, you know, much like himself, most farmers do have older equipment. It would have been older because it was older because that's what you do because farm <laughs> equipment is expensive. And we clarified that right away. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that your, your dad is like just right away oh, nitpicking yeah. the machinery. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Absolutely. What are they using over one, there? One of my favorite scenes, um, again, without spoiling it, is when um, uh, and you don't, again, the beauty of film is you can see this as opposed to it uh, the way that's done in the in the play. Just different interpretations, of course, but you see them trying to back uh, the tractor up to a wagon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have watched my father do this. It is amazing how they... <laughs> He can just back right up and uh, able to uh, hook the wagon and the tractor up and uh, put a bolt in. And it's, uh, I mean, it puts parallel parking to shame. And <laughs> and so it's it was things like that that uh, yeah. I remember looking over at him while we were watching it and snickering. <laughs> and bailing hay in denim short shorts. Yes. And what a bad idea that, that is. Very entertaining. Yeah, getting yes. to watch the actor be completely unprepared for the job is super fun. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, please um, be gentle and kind in my uh, 19-year-old self-review of The Drawer Boy. Part of this production's success lies in its son-in-law versus Rain Man qualities. The show has an equal balance of humor and tragedy, as opposed to focusing primarily on one of the two elements. <laughs> the true in the movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah. The director keeps true to the text by using humor and tragedy, uh, respectively, through the characters' movements and expressions. The constant battle between who suffers the most, the actor or the farmer, gives the play its clever humor. The director portrays Morgan as relaxed and serious simultaneously. Morgan's lack of expression and his idle actions in comparison to Miles's constant energy is both hilarious and brilliant. Potter also gives life to the tragic moments in Healy's pages. When Angus is finding out the truth about his past through simultaneous storytelling, Potter gives Angus the power by imp- implementing the simple direction of pointing his finger to each of the two role players to conduct their side of the tale. Yeah. Not only is this executed perfectly by David Fox, but this choice made by the director also represents the powerful climactic development of this character. Oh, <laughs> that's great. That's also also that scene is really beautiful in the movie as well. Yeah. So and that's I should I want to just say that's uh, Miles Potter directed the original production at Theater Pass Marais. 
So thank you very much, Charlene, for oh, sharing. Oh, my, <laughs> my pleasure. Delightful. <laughs> That's a very good for a first year. Well, theater thank essay. you, Allison. Yeah. I appreciate that. It means mm-hmm. a lot coming from you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So this this movie it's it's sort of a, a funny journey because this movie is based on a play that is I think is one of the most produced plays in in Canada maybe even in North America. It is, yeah, in all of it, North America. It's I mean it's a yeah. it's a three hander. It's yeah. you know it speaks to rural life as well. So it's sort of a you know it is about men's feelings. So it's a, a good like safe bet for a lot of regional theater companies. Yeah. Um, but the but the movie, I, I mean, you're obviously it's like anyone can watch it on your site, which is wonderful. But it's it's sort of journey around Canada on the big screens. I understand it didn't get into that many film festivals. No, it's it's interesting that the Toronto International Film Festival originally rejected the Drawer Boy, and then the Drawer Boy got into so many U.S. and Mexico festivals, and it did a huge, beautiful run in the rest of North America. And then it won at the Canada Film Festival. And I think TIFF kind of realized they missed something really special because they jumped at the chance to have it on the film circuit. So now that it's on TIFF film circuit, they're able to get it into all of the places that any other TIFF film would have gone. And so we're delighted by that because, you know, being able to have it on highball TV is great, but being able to sort of do a make good on that Toronto International Film Festival moment is a is, is a very exciting thing. We love yeah. that it got so much love in North America and that TIFF is helping to get it out there in Canada too. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I don't know, Charlene, what, what other? Uh, what else did you make notes uh, about? <laughs> <laughs> well, something else I, I uh, thought was interesting watching it from 99 to now, and I was actually talking mm-hmm. to my mom about this this week, about how um, there's a scene that talks about how, you know, the price of what... Uh, people in the city pay for a steak or eggs compared to what it is to produce it. And, and also just the, the process of, um, uh, of how food is made and how it's brought to the table and how um, really I don't think that that education has changed all that much. I think, you know, there is actually a, a documentary. You can cut this if you want. Mm-hmm. There is actually a documentary out right now called Made, um, called Before the Plate, um, and uh, it's by uh, a chef at um, a Canoe Restaurant that oh. makes a dish mm-hmm. with 10 ingredients and goes around Ontario and films, you know, how each of these are made. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I think the, mm-hmm. the effort is there. But I guess I thought it was interesting to think about how um, 10 years later, the 20 themes... 20 years later. 20, ah, right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> 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 Trying to make myself feel better. That yeah, decade, yeah, that decade yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, about, yeah, how, how that uh, theme and, and the connection between urban and rural still has a far way to go. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully a, a film like this can kind of connect anyone who, who watches it, both to the, the farm part of the story and just the, the human part of the story. Yeah, I mean, I was raised in a barn. Uh, my mom was an equestrian, uh, a horse jumper. So I have a certain connection to like hay and rural life. Yeah. But I have spent like the last 30 years of my life in the city. So it's been, it was really, it was really fascinating as a film lover and a filmmaker. Like I make Westerns. That's my thing. I love them. And so to watch this and feel in the theater, that coming together of rural and urban life 
was so exciting. And so I, I feel like this this film does do a nice little a nice little job of, of tying those two disparate binds together. It's cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I fully grew up in the city. Uh, my main experience of farms was uh, once a year at the, the Royal Winter Fair. Uh, <laughs> on a school field trip, we'd go down, we'd yep. see all the cows and all the chickens, and that'd be, that's that's great and, <laughs> and cool. And then, you know, we go home on the bus and, and uh, do not see a cow again for another year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so an actual farm is a very foreign kind of a, an actual working farm is a very foreign thing to me. And I, you know, unfortunately for me, identify more with the goofy actor <laughs> character. <laughs> There's something uh, well, yeah. for everybody. That's yeah. the nice you know, thing about the yeah. drama. Well, I remember watching it in 99 and I just, it, it was in the fall, I'm pretty sure. Fall, so yeah, we had ju- yeah. I just moved to Toronto from a town of 1400 people. And, uh, I remember just feeling like this warranted or not this guilt of, Oh, I've left the farm. I'm like this actor <laughs> oh, <no>. who's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Trying to figure things out, and and this farmer is you know secretly judging him, and you know, <laughs> which is obviously ridiculous. But that was, <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for discussing the drawer boy with me, guys. Our um, so the drawer boy, uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, can be viewed on Highball TV. But I hope that you paused and went and watched it already. <laughs> Um, and also, um, the drawer boy this week was nominated for two CSAs, which are basically the Canadian Oscars. And, uh, this weekend it won one of them, uh, Richard Clarkin won best supporting actor for his performance as Morgan. You've been listening to the highball podcast, the wide shot. It's produced by me, Alison Broberman and distributed by highball TV. Highball TV is a streaming platform bringing you cinema from film festivals large and small. Subscribe today and start watching great movies from around the world at highball.tv. The Highball Podcast is recorded at Highball Headquarters in downtown Toronto. Thanks for listening. Thank you.